The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've found Destination Love with Shelley Pumphrey. This is not a program about becoming the perfect date or how to get that special someone you've been admiring to notice you. Instead, we'll bring you the science behind how to find love and show how being your true self generally works best. Now, here's your host, Shelley Pumphrey. Hello, and welcome to Destination Love. This is Shelley, and I'm so happy to get this show started today. Um, For those of you that have been following the last few weeks, you will know that we've been talking about the love styles and what attachment is um, in our relationships. So today is going to be the last segment that I have on the love styles, and I have another very bold, brave Um, And very interesting guest that we're going to have on today. Her name is Andrea Tyner. Hello, Andrea. Can you give us a quick hello? Oh, hey. How's it going, guys? Good. Welcome. Welcome. So I'm going to give... I'm I'm we're, I'm glad to have you here. I'm really excited and I'm just grateful that you're willing to talk about this because I this work is um you know understanding the love the love styles and attachment is so important to help people with their relationships. So I appreciate um your vulnerability here today. Yeah. So what I want to do is I'm just going to give a little bit of a background on what the love styles are. I've kind of started each show with this um, so that anybody that's just now starting on the show um, can understand a little bit about what we're talking about. I won't go into it too much uh, here today because I've covered it in a few shows prior to this. But essentially, the love styles are something that I've developed that are based on what we call attachment. And what attachment is, is something that all of us have when we're infants, we develop a strong bond or attachment to our parents or our main caregivers. And this happens whether you've been adopted or if you're, um, you know, with your birth parents, it doesn't matter. We, we develop some sort of attachment style in those first few years of life. And it basically happens based on the way that our parents or caregivers meet our needs or don't meet our needs. So let's say a baby is crying because they're cold or they have a wet diaper or they're hungry and the mom comes and feeds the baby and comforts them. The baby learns, oh, I have a need. I can express my need and somebody can come back and take care of me. So that kind of cycle, as you can imagine, is repeated thousands of times over those first few years of life. And it trains our brains to understand what it means to reach out to other people. It trains us to understand what it means to trust others and what intimacy feels like. So it sets the stage for our adult relationships. So what happens is parents can have lots of different kinds of reactions to their children. Parents can be really nurturing and healthy and and um, consistent with meeting their children's needs. And this teaches kids to go out and be um, what I call the love, stabili- love stabilizers. They're the ones that go out and have a pretty okay time with relationships. They don't really struggle with intimacy or commitment. They do a good job with communicating about their feelings. And these people generally don't struggle a lot in relationships. Um, They can definitely have heartbreak and have some, you know, broken relationships, but they don't struggle with intimacy in the way that some of these other love styles do. So... Another love style is what we call the love connector. And this is somebody that we talked about a couple of episodes ago and a a little bit last time as well. So the love connector is somebody that their parents are meeting their needs inconsistently. So sometimes the parents are there 
taking care of them, very warm, nurturing, and then sometimes a parent isn't, or they're giving mixed messages to their children about getting their needs met. So this creates a lot of anxiety for somebody, and the love connector goes into their adult relationships, bringing that anxiety with them. So they're always wondering, um, is this person going to meet my needs? Is this person going to be, um, you know, somebody that I can trust? And they really need a lot of reassurance and connection. Um, they're very, very close, are okay with intimacy and really, um, you know, are able to dive into intimacy a lot more than, say, the love resistor can, but they also experience all of this worry and preoccupation with a partner um, that can be really hard for them and it can be hard for a partner that doesn't understand those needs in the love connector. So the uh, another style is what we call the love paralyzer. And this one we covered last week with my guest, Jeff. And the love paralyzer basically has the um, characteristics of the love connector where they have, a, they have this um, craving for intimacy, really require a lot of closeness. But when things do get close, love paralyzers often freeze and they pull away and they get afraid of intimacy and do a lot of things to disconnect from partners. So they kind of go in between um, wanting and pushing away a relationship. And then the fourth love style that we're going to cover today is our love resistor. And Andrea is here because she's um, graciously volunteered to talk about her style, which is the love resistor style. So... Um, we're going to let her go into depth about what it's like for her to be a love resistor. But essentially what happens for the love resistor is that they get messages as children that the their needs are not, um, well, their, their needs don't get met. If they do get met, they're pretty inconsistent or a parent could be rejecting or just kind of neglectful. Um, sometimes parents can be really depressed like let's say a mom has postpartum depression and they're so depressed that they just can't take care of their child Um, or another um, possibility is that they were raised with this idea that you know children should be seen and not heard or you know don't don't share your feelings tough it you know tough it up cry don't uh, you know like brush it off if a child's crying. So it's that kind of parenting where you're kind of pushing down the, the emotional needs of the child. So these people grow up to be very independent. They learn that it's better to be dependent on myself and not to depend on anyone else. And their brains are, are very wired in this way so that anytime that a love resistor starts to get close to somebody, they do a lot of things to push a person away. And the most important thing that I want to remind people of is that Attachment and these love styles are not something we do by choice. This is something that is very innate. It's very biological. It's how our brains become wired in those very formative years as children. And it doesn't mean that we can't change those things with um, therapy or you know doing a lot of growth and healing kinds of things or having a lot of self-awareness, but it's a very um, reactive kind of quality about us that that gets um, turned on when we are in a relationship with anyone. And it's not just romantic relationships. It's our, our co-workers, our friends, our family members, our children. Every kind of relationship we have can have can be affected by our love style. So that is just kind of a, a very brief background of what the four love styles are. So I'm gonna we're gonna kind of turn this over and start talking a little bit here to Andrea about what it's been like for her um, to be a love resistor. So before I start, let me give you the the formal introduction here, Andrea. Um, actually, Andrea, why don't you tell us? Tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we'll get more into the love styles. So. How about it? Who are you? Tell us a little bit about you. Okay, not a problem. Um, hey, guys. So, uh, obviously, I know what my name is. Nice to meet you all. <laughs> um, I would say that I am a relatively ambitious and determined, uh, so far right now, college student, um, currently, you know, aspiring to be a writer and uh, really just getting through that portion of my young uh, adulthood where I'm figuring out exactly um, who and what I am and in terms of love styles, that's obviously a big part of it too. Um, I've relatively, you know, 
I've got a few here and there um, hobbies and whatnot, which includes a lot of traveling um, when I can, um, a lot of a lot of nature stuff. Um, also, I do performance poetry, um, cool stuff like that. Um, currently, really undecided in what I want to do as far as school goes, but um, I've just been working on achieving something. So, doing my gens right now, and you know, working full time and um, you know, trying to enjoy enjoy the rest of you know my young adulthood yeah. while I still have it. So yeah, that's, that's important. Fun. That's fun. So yeah, I yeah. mean, pretty relatively typical stuff um, okay. for me. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm I'm glad that you're here. You I mean, you just you're an interesting person. I love that you do the poetry stuff too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you heard me talk a little bit about the love resistor. Um, I think one of the things that I wanted to start with, like, let's kind of start with the beginning. I'm really curious to know a little bit about your childhood and growing up. And, you know, you don't have to share, like, all of the intimate details, but tell us a little bit about your background, um, you know, just how it might relate to how I described how a love resistor attachment style might be formed. Well, um, it's actually interesting my my childhood um i grew up in in a broken home i would say for the most part um my my parents were engaged to marry but they never did because my father is an excessively unfaithful um guy mm. so um i grew up you know in my early adult um adulthood my early childhood i would say i I was with my father and my mother because they lived together um, up until the age of about three or four. And um, my mother had gone through some stuff with my dad being unfaithful and they separated. So then I didn't have my father for a really long time because he was out, you know, doing, doing, you know, whatever, God God knows what, (laughs) Um, and building another family at that. So um, when I finally got a little bit older and started asking more so, you know, about my dad and why he hasn't come around and da da da, you know, my mother always tried to compensate for for him and his shortcomings in, in fatherhood in my uh, young childhood. And um, it was always really hard for me because my dad had, you know, had a few other children um, and with, all, you know, a whole family and whatnot. And um, I grew up a lot when I did see my dad. He it's kind of a womanizer and I saw uh-huh. a lot of that. I saw a lot of that, which I think okay. really, really just kind of messed me up for my early dating experiences because as a person who mm. suffers from gender dysphoria, um, I thought that, you know, that was, that was my example of what a man should be like. And it was yeah. an example that I used, um, for myself and in, in dating when I first started dating. So, um, I, Ooh, I had never really been very close with him. Okay. Um, but my sister, my sister was always, you know, kind of like daddy's princess, but I never was. And, um, and what's craziest to this day, I still get really uncomfortable when my dad like hugs me mm-hmm. or like, you know, kisses me on the cheek or anything. It's just, it's uncomfortable for me. Not that he's, you know, aggressive or, you know, by any, by any means inappropriate, inappropriate yeah. or anything, you know, it's just, um, so much of dealing with the person that I know he is that I've seen so many times yeah. over and over again and, and trying not to be that person and then dealing with the fact that I was pretty much ignored for a whole, you know, other okay. family growing up. Okay. So, that's, so that's he, he not. <laughs> okay. So he was a good role model for what, well, I shouldn't not say good role model. He was a role model of what relationships might have looked like to you. And you also had some of that ignoring going on that we often see with the love resistor style. So um, tell us about the relationship with your mom. What was that like? You know, um, I was always really close with my mom. But okay. um, the thing about it is my mom is a relative, she's relatively a hermit. She doesn't okay. really like people. She doesn't have friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but my father, you know, being a really social butterfly, I'm quite literally the result of what an extreme uh, and selfish extrovert mates with an extremely unselfish introvert. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I'm yeah. literally smacked out in the middle. Okay. So it's interesting because, it, you know, like, 
I'm I'm wondering if both of your parents might have been love resistors themselves, like like people oh, who yeah. do a lot of oh, cheating are often love resistors, and mm-hmm. just with your mom being isolated from people, um, yeah, it could be that she's just an extreme introvert, but she could be. Um, I don't think so. Even. Okay. I don't think so because my father, after she dated my father, she was never the same. She never dated after him, so I think he kind of ruined dating for okay. her. Yep. Um, okay. Relatively permanently. Makes sense. Okay. Totally makes sense. Okay. So we get a picture of like this. I know this is a brief picture of you growing up, but it makes a lot of sense as to why you may have, have become a love resistor. So we're actually going to stop here really quick for a quick commercial break. And we will be back. If you want to check me out on Facebook, at, uh, just search for Authentic Date or go to my website at AuthenticDate.com. We'll be back in a few. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelly. We are here today talking to Andrea Tyner, and she is talking about what it's like to be a love resistor. So I'm going to jump into another question here and ask Andrea. So, Andrea, before we stop for the break, you talked a little bit about how your parents might have contributed to you being a love resistor. I I know we did it really quickly, talked about them both. I mean, it sounds like they're both love resistors themselves, which which is usually how people, well, it's a big reason why people become love resistors because they get raised with that kind of disconnected intimacy from their parents. So that's what you learn. So let's skip forward to your adult relationships. So tell us a little bit about what your relationships are like these days. Well, um, it really would depend on who I'm in that relationship with, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. Sure. Um, but I've noticed about um, my relationship styles have been relatively non-monogamous as of uh, recent. I've, I feel like I've recently discovered that I probably would work better in more of a poly-styled relationship because Uh it it really offers a lot of the the ability and the opportunity to detach whenever I feel I need to. Ah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. Hey, Andrea, now I know what poly means, but some of my listeners may not know. Can you explain to them what poly means? Yeah, sure. Not a problem. (laughs) So... (laughs) We're talking like polyamory, um, which is, you know, you can practice it in many different styles. Um, My preference for it would be more so that I can have multiple relationships with multiple different people, um, and that's okay. Um, And it's it's something that is agreed upon 
um, you know, you, you talk things out. Communication is a very big one, and it forces you really to have communication with your partners. Otherwise, it can't work. I mean, uh, having communication is key because if you can't even communicate with the one person, how are you going to co- communicate with three? Um, so that's rel- it's relatively self-explanatory. Um, there, there's boundaries. There's, uh, you know, discussions. There's agreements that you come to. Time spent. Time spent elsewhere. Um, you know, just, you know, doing whatever you do, just letting it flow naturally, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just, because I know there's a lot of terms that we throw around out there and some, a lot of people know them, but I just want to be sure that people are aware of what, uh, you know, poly, polyamory is. So what you said before was so key that it's this, like, it allows you the ability to stay detached Mm -hmm. from partners. Tell me more about that. I don't even necessarily know quite how I feel about it. <laughs> I, I think that's something I've always been trying to figure out myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can like, why I can did you choose? This. Why did that? Oh. Why was it a draw to you? Like that you wanted to, or did that just naturally happen? Well, let's put it like this: I, I figured out that I did not work very well in relationships, um, mostly because of a few different things. One of, one of them is my ability to not really want to be monogamous in the first place. Um, I, I've been on the both sides of the cheating spectrum, um, not really wanting to work out problems, running away from them or, um, even worse, which I, I dealt with a lot was trying to be, uh, trying to replace communication with, uh, sexual intimacy, which was a big one for me. So instead of uh, yeah. wanting to talk about my problems, I'd rather, you know, start up some, some stuff right. and um, the problems never got solved. Yeah, makes sense. So it was a way to distance from intimacy on, on that deeper emotional level. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it sounds like it just kind of like, you know, like when we're just starting out with, you know, exploring relationships, most people don't start off and say, hey, I'm into polyamory, you know, but <laughs> as you start to like, just, you know, as we grow older, we start to explore relationships. It sounds like you had this kind of natural tr- transition from like, I'm exploring things and I don't like the closeness or the intimacy of a committed relationship. And now it's just kind of evolved into the poly lifestyle that you're in. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Relatively, yeah. So what it like what I want people to get out of this show is what it is like, like if we were to be in your head for a minute, like when you're with somebody and there's that possibility or potential that it could ever go anywhere into a, a you know, more committed relationship, what goes on in your mind when that well, happens? I can tell you right now, I am usually thinking about the fine print. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't want to say that um, being involved with me is like, you know, setting up a contract. But um, a lot of the things I think about is can this person handle um, the requirements to be with me? Because, you know, there's, there's some things that you're going to have to understand. And even if you don't understand them, you're going to have to accept them in your, in your attempt to try to understand them. Um, to yeah. be with me. And, and the poly thing is one, you know, the relationship I'm print. Um, this is what I'm okay with. This is what I will do, um, you know, no matter what. But, you know, there's some things that I can compromise on. And uh, I need to be able to have my ability to detach whenever I need it because it, I get uncomfortable. And then when I get uncomfortable, I, I do stupid stuff. And I notice that about myself and I try to avoid it and, and embrace what I am to make relationships healthier for me and anyone involved with me. Yeah, that's good. But it's that, like that initial thought of like, can they handle this? Can they, can they check off the boxes of of your requirements? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole discussion. Yeah. I like, I love that you're in that place where you can be open about it and talk about, which I know that's, that's definitely something that's, that's uh, part of people who are very into the poly lifestyle is communicating those boundaries with each other. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, some people who are love resistors who aren't necessarily in that place 
may not be as clear and as aware of it as you are. So they may do things yeah. and maybe you can identify with this like in the beginning, you know, before you got more clear about it, that yeah. it was just, okay, I have this intimate moment with a partner and now I'm not going to call them or I'm just going to disappear. Or I'm going to give some mixed messages. Oh yeah. I experienced okay. a lot of that. Um, okay. And I, I think the last relationship I was in five years, um, I have always been a very flirtatious person and I don't think that that will ever change about me. And it, it presented a lot of terrible experiences in my monogamous relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, them being upset, I wouldn't want to deal with their feelings. So, um, I would distance myself, go out and do whatever I want anyways, and then not even want to deal with the consequences when I came back to this person. So instead of, yeah. you know, coming back to this person, knowing they're upset and they're angry, instead of wanting to sit down and talk about it, I would just want to, you know, move to, you know, sexual intimacy, just, uh, you know, shut them up so I can right. kind of deal with it um, and, and things like yeah. that. So, yeah, I dealt with that a lot. Yeah. God, you are so aware of this. Like, I couldn't have given a better, like, textbook description of what it feels like to a to a love resistor. Like, you're, you're doing a great job of describing this. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's, I know it's not like it's all happy stuff, but it's, you're really clear about what comes up for love resistors. So I just want to give you that feedback and just the listen, you know, anyone listening that this is really what happens. Um, you know, and people, I get a lot of people, um, that are clients that are love connectors and they end up dating a lot of love resistors. So, and I'm Mm -hmm. guessing you may have had some partners like that where your need to pull away really brings out this anxiety in them and insecurity, jealousy, you know, sometimes some crazy behaviors (laughs) because they sense that you're pulling away or actually literally see you pulling away. Um, so you've had that experience too. It sounds like. Oh, yeah, it's, it's been a real struggle. Um, and there's nothing worse than being a love resistor and dating another love resistor. Oh. <laughs> I just got to throw that one out there. Okay. It's a really awkward. It's, a, it's really awkward. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Um, so you're talking about but, two love resistors. Oh, yeah, that one's awkward. But I've dealt with a lot of the connectors for the most uh-huh. part as well. And the push and pull factor um, because for me, what it is, is there are certain little things a person can do that can upset me or make me feel insecure about myself that will really just make me not want to be near them or partially and temporarily disgusted with them mm-hmm. or with myself even, um, just some, you know, even little things and it makes me want to detach and run away. Um, and that's, always been an issue for me with not being able to communicate that. And I find that that has happened a lot with the love connector um, and that because then they get anxious and then they want to talk about it and then they're upset and they go from, you know, uh, upset, denial, crying, angry, and then there's the makeup and then the cycle goes all over again. Um, So that's been (laughs) a definite issue for me, I can say for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can see why. I mean, it's, um, they're, they're going right towards the thing that you hate the most, (laughs) you know? Um, so it's, it's, that's one of the worst combinations is the love connector and the love resistor because you have such opposing needs and it can cause a lot of, um, like for the love resistor, you can just feel almost panic or just like somebody's really like, you know, button in on your territory. Um, and the love connectors just feel an incredible amount of anxiety in it. So never mm-hmm. a good com- combination in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So you, but, and you mentioned before that I wanted to follow up on is what it's like for two love resistors to be together. Tell me about that. Oh, <laughs> um, I would say that my last short term relationship, I would say was definitely two love resistors. Um, and it was, so much push and pull that it literally was tearing me apart, quite literally. Um, what was the push I would and pull about? Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry? I just asked what the push and pull was about. What did that look like? The, the push and pull between us both being two love resistors is that with the formalities of a relationship, of course we wanted to be near each other. Um, and then we would both get to the point where we were utterly sick of each other. <laughs> uh, 
so that happened quite often. And then when that happened, you saw that um, there was a lot of pushback. And, and it was almost like we were feeding into each other's anxiety of, of, okay, I don't really want to be near you right now, but you're also someone I'm dating, so I probably should want to be near you. Mm, and then just uh, the back and forth banter of, you know, I like you, and then I just, I don't really want to be near you right now. Um, you mm -hmm. know, go, go home. You know, I, I need, I right. need to drive. I need to get out of here. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I could see the conflict there. Oh yeah. Like it was awful. <laughs> doing what we, what we should be doing, but our brains and our hearts and <laughs> everything about us is saying, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, one of the things that love resistors often engage in are something that we call deactivating strategies. So what a deactivating strategy is, is when, so it's something that your attachment system will do. It's I, I always like to say it's like these tricks that your brain will play on you. And the deactivating strategies are, are meant to keep you at a distance from a partner if you get too close. Mm -hmm. So some of the deactivating strategies that love resistors experience are, um, say, like maybe you're in a kind of a ambiguous relationship where you, you keep saying you're going to commit, but then you never do. Um, or you're cheating, some of the flirtatious behavior you talked about. Um, sometimes it could be like you're talking to a partner, your partner's talking to you and you're kind of checking out, not really listening to them, um, pulling away when things go really well, like in a, or often even, um, it can even be after sex or just like a really intimate conversation. After that, the love resistor wants to like go run and hide for a while because it's been too much. Um, and one of the other things that I see a lot of is putting an ex on a pedestal. So it's kind of like, even if you had a really horrible relationship with an ex, like years later, you could still be comparing everybody to this ex. Like nobody can be as good as that person. So I, so it's like your brain always gives you an excuse to not stay with somebody just to avoid intimacy. Or it could be that you have a fantasy or like an ideal of who the one is, you know, quote unquote, the one. And it's very unrealistic and you compare every new partner to the one. And because they're never meeting that ideal fantasy, you also are keeping relationships away because of that. So I know I just threw a bunch of things out there. Did any of those ring a bell with things you experience? I mean, I just about every single one. <laughs> um, to be, to be honest, I know that I actually recently, recently got connected with my ex of five years. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I can tell you is the pedestal thing. Wow. Like, and it's, it's such a powerful thing because I remember when I remember our relationship, I remember all of the good things, um, knowing that it was terrible and she remembers all the bad things. And it's crazy to think about yeah. it because if, you know, the cheating um, and just the, the feeling of wanting to separate or one thing that was, you know, a big one was, you know, having sex and then thinking everything's okay. We talked about it and I'll change. And, and then when it gets time to change, I get defensive um, mm -hmm. when reminded of the fact that I need to change. And that, that was a very, very powerful issue that I've dealt with um, in my life. It's getting extremely defensive and lashing. Um, that's, that's always, that's always been a big one. And then, okay. of course, um, oh, go, go for it. No, go ahead. I just said, oh, okay, okay, continue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's been a big one. And I, you know, at the point where I had my ex tell me that she thought I didn't love her because all I wanted to do was have sex all the time. Uh -huh. And it wasn't necessarily me trying to avoid her. I think I was avoiding myself and having to feel and deal with the things in myself that were causing issues in my own relationship. Okay. Um, so that was, that was a very, very big one. And then of course, just wanting to be involved with other people. Like I, I loved this person. I wanted to be with this person. But her incessant jealousy um, and just constant need to be all over me uh -huh. made me want to kick things. <laughs> it yeah. made me want to separate myself. Um, and then there was just a lot of emotional abuse, um, a lot of gaslighting that I uh -huh. experienced from her towards uh -huh. me. 
and these things made me want to crawl in hole and die. So, <laughs> you know, I was just, I was just yeah. ready to get out. And I've experienced with so many deactivating uh, behaviors that I sabotage my own, my own progression on multiple occasions. I can document, uh, you know, yeah. it's it so very obvious because one thing that you said that I wanted to just elaborate on, um, one thing my ex told me, which has always stayed with me and resonated with me as a person. She always told me that when we were fighting, she says, you want to know what your issue is when I'm sitting here and I'm trying to talk to you, I'm fighting you for you because I love you and I care about uh-huh. you and I want you to be a better person. I want you to be wow. more connected with yourself so you can be a better person. Okay. But when I speak to you, you don't listen to absorb. You listen to yeah. respond. I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there. I love that you said that. We unfortunately have to stop for a commercial break, so we'll come back to that when we okay. uh, come back in a couple minutes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. Voiceamerica.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelly Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelly at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelly. Um, I wanted to start this off and just tell people, if you're listening and you're wondering what your love style is, I forgot to mention this earlier, uh, if you're listening by computer, you can look on this on the Voice America homepage for this show, and there's a box that says, uh, what's your love style, take the love style quiz, something like that. So you can uh, click on that and go through and find out what your love style is. And you can always check out my website and learn more or contact me. Uh, my website is ShellyPumphrey.com, which is really hard for people to under- to spell. But you can also do AuthenticDate.com, which is a little easier to remember mm-hmm. so that you know what your love style is. So. We're back here with Andrea. When we um, ended before the commercial break, Andrea was telling us about a relationship that she had, and she was ending with talking about how it seemed like her partner was fighting for this relationship. Um, It was almost like, Andrea, what I kind of got was like, she's fighting for the relationship for the sake of you and for the sake of the relationship, but you weren't really hearing it or getting it. Is that what I am understanding. Yeah, I think she'd describe it like that too. <laughs> okay. Okay. So she she really wanted this relationship, but you were so engaged in these deactivating strategies and pulling away and were really triggered by the things she was doing because of her own attachment stuff that you couldn't go there with her. Yeah. You know, I felt that way. And I, feel like I spent so much time blaming her and finding ways to 
to reason with myself as to why I need to detach or point out her blame, uh, you know, her blame mm-hmm. and everything that was happening um, and just being so very defensive. Um, and I, I trust me, I would never call her a saint or anything, but I definitely can attest to the fact that, you know, in my defensiveness to defend myself and, and, and essentially run away from, from having to deal with my own problem, I definitely started practicing a lot of deactivating and detaching habits. Um, And one of them, a lot being just not even really listening to absorb what my partner was saying when they're trying to talk to me and, you know, tell me, you know, maybe you should try this and maybe try that. We we can do something different. I don't know how to get to you. I don't know. You know, you're, you're so far detached. I can't even travel to the place that you are. Yeah. Um, listen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's a big issue. That's a great description. And, you know, one of the things that really happens with love resistors is this communication breakdown. So you mentioned earlier that you get, you would get really defensive and, um, I always like to say it's like they, your partner might come at you with talking about some emotional things or they're upset about something and you're answering questions like you're in a court of law. Like you just want to deal oh. with the facts. <laughs> We're not going to go deep. You're going to answer like I know I'm a love connector and I know many of the love resistors I've dated responded to me in that way. And it was just this like we're we're settled and done and that's all we're going to talk about. Does that is that something you relate to? Yeah, I I definitely don't like to be questioned. Uh Uh, That's one thing that I can honestly say drives me to madness. I feel like I'm on trial. It makes me want to run away. That's, yeah. that's always been a big issue for me. I don't, okay. I don't like to feel like I'm being questioned Yeah, about my and action. What, what happens is for a love resistor, it's like you have, well, we all have our filters and how we perceive the world around us and how we perceive our interactions with people. So, um, and it, this is not to say that the love resistor's filter is wrong or a love connector's filter is wrong. It's just that we all have different filters. So mm-hmm. your filter is really one of, like, it's it's just this filter of disconnect. It's like, um, I don't get what you're talking about. I don't want to talk about feelings. We sh- Why should we even need to talk about feelings? This is settled, you know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's um, a very prime, the primal nature in me uh-huh. um, to be, cause I've never, I'm not, I, I'm a people person to an extent, but I see other human beings and I just like, I just want to detach from the entirety of the human race. And I yeah. feel like I've, I've honestly put that on my relationships a lot because to me, in my mind, it's, more of a primal sense of wanting to be with someone. I don't like all of these human attachments, these these feelings that come with, you know, what should be simple in my eyes. Right. But you know, it's different for everyone. Absolutely. But that's you, what you just said is exactly it. Like that's a good example. So as a love resistor, that's how you see it. That's your filter. It's like, why, why can't this just be simple? You know, like that's just yeah. how, how relationships should be now. And what I'll share as a love connector is to me, like a relationship is intertwined and very intimate and very emotionally supportive and expressive. And like, that's just how I see it. I can't imagine seeing a relationship from your side, just as you can't imagine seeing a relationship from my side. And that is why we clash, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's fascinating to, it, it, and it is because our brains are wired in that way. And it's, it, so it's hard to see it in an, in another, you know, from another perspective when you're not wired in that way. Yeah. And you know, what's yeah. crazy is I find myself um, being attracted to women of a relatively docile nature mm-hmm. uh, because I've always been, um, relatively aggressive or, or the aggressor. Um, but yet when being, when being attached to and or attracted to, um, women who are, you know, a little bit more on the passive side, I find myself pushing a lot, um, 
for not necessarily like a connection or intimacy, but I, I always, I, I'm always trying to have sex. <laughs> that's, that's uh-huh. one. And I think that, I think that terrifies people. Um, yeah. because to, to go to that without, you know, even having to, to really do a lot of the intimate things that a love connector would like to do or, or, you know, um, things, things like that. I just, I'm so, I'm so, I can, I can be so very detached. I can do all of the things that, you know, love connector would want or expect from me. But at the same time, I'm just like, why, for what? Yeah, I just, exactly. you know, it, it makes no sense to me. Just it's not, not on your radar. Um, a priority necessarily to me. It could be if I really cared about a person, but that's where you see a lot of my initial clash is, you know, I literally, I want to, you know, let's, let's have dinner, let's have sex and let's detach. <laughs> right. Right. It's it really should. It's simple to me, but you know, to everybody else, I'm, I'm, you know, the most complicated person in the world. <sighs> well, I don't think so, but you know, know, like, you know yourself well now. And the I thing is, is you are a perfect, like you're very representative of what love resistors go through. So you're not alone in this. This is, this is stuff like people think like this is just how my personality is and really mm-hmm. I mean sure it's you it's uniquely Andrea but it's also like all of these things we're talking about are not unique to you they're they're all qualities characteristics of love resistors and if people could understand that you know if everybody had the awareness that you do um, they could be more genuine in their relationships you know like now you know what you want And it doesn't mean that you may not hook up with some love connectors here and there and it gets messy, but, um, you know, you're, you're forming this idea in your mind of what your relationships need to look like. And what I really try to teach people is that, like, know what your love style is, know how it works for you and what your needs are so that you can go out and form relationships that fit with those needs. Like you do not need to be with somebody who wants to settle down and get married and be with you 24 seven. You don't need to be with a love connector. You need to like the poly lifestyle is probably perfect for you because it meets your needs for some type of connection, but you don't have to go into that deep intimacy and, and feel freaked out all the time. Yeah. And you know, honestly, one thing, uh, I've honestly gotten to the point in my life where I'm thinking that I will draw up some kind of like formal list of requirements to like actually present to people. And I hate to talk about relationships and sex if they're business transactions. But at this point, I'm just like all, all, you know, camaraderie aside, I just, you know, this is what it is and this is how I am. And if you can deal with that, let's have fun. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just, I'm really just getting to the point where I need all other things aside right now. And especially at this point in my life, I feel like I've been going through a lot of stress. And when I stress out, I, I want to detach. I, I still want to be intimate, but I want to be able to detach whenever I want. Because as a love resistor, I don't necessarily avoid intimacy. I like being intimate. I like being with, you know, that person. But I like my freedom. Right. I don't like to be held down. I don't like to feel like I don't have my freedom. And that's one thing that I experienced a very big issue with, with my ex, uh, five years telling me, you know, you need to ask me permission before you leave the house. And I was like, ah. <laughs> you know? watch me. Right? So, you know, it's, it's a lot of that anxiety. And I don't like for the anxiety, uh, the anxiety to be pushed on me. So what I've, what I've cultivated in myself is the exact representation, not necessarily of what I think I should be in a relationship, but more so an understanding of the basis and the foundation of the relationship and how, and how it should benefit me and the other person. Right. Because I want things to be healthy. I want things to be flowing. I want things to be, um, you know, beneficial to everyone. I don't want to scare away every love, love connector that I come across. Um, I don't want them to have a preconceived notion about me because people know I'm a total love resistor. So, uh, you know, I've experienced a lot of people like, okay, girl, don't, not that one. Yeah. She's dangerous. (laughs) You know, I've gotten that a lot. 
Well, it's good that people know that about you and that you are knowing it about yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we would have such an easier time with relationships if everybody had the awareness that you have. Um, and I know there's people listening right now that are like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's like that. Um, but, like, I love how you present it because you're, you're just like, hey, this is me. I'm good with it. And if you don't like it, then you don't need to be my partner. Right. right? <laughs> so, and that's it. Like, yeah. none of these are right or wrong. It's just know what your style is and know how that's going to work in your relationships. So love connectors that are listening to this show, I want you to remember that like this is, if you're dating a lover sister, this is, Andrea is a great example of how they think. And you may not get such clear answers from a lover sister that you're dating that we're getting from Andrea here today, because sometimes people just don't have that level of awareness. But this is why I'm having the show so that you know what to look for um, and to know why it doesn't work, because it's so different from the love connectors needs. So I'm just, I'm really grateful that you're, you're being so open and honest with us. It's just been, I, I'm like fascinated. It, this is just a really great conversation that we're having here about this. Yeah. I mean, and I, I love being on the show. Honestly, I just, I really like to share my experience um, personally because, you know, even though I have, you know, what I've gained to be a relatively good awareness of, you know, just being, I'm you know only 22 years old and I know this about myself. Um, yeah. I still struggle with these things on a daily basis yeah. and I have to reevaluate, um, my life, my, my love patterns constantly because I'm ever changing. And that's one mm-hmm. great thing about what I feel I am as a love resistor is that, um, I can honestly, you know, detach myself from the emotional portion of everything in my life and take right. a seat back and look at it. Right. I think that's great. Really great. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to just kind of end this conversation about the love resistor. What I want to share with people is you may have noticed that there's one love style missing in my shows, and that's the love stabilizer. And the reason I did not bring a love stabilizer on is because love stabilizers are just like, they're okay with relationships. They're, I don't want to say they're boring. That was the word that was going to come out. They're not boring. boring. They're actually the ones that... Any of us that have an alternate love style, if we're love paralyzers, love uh, connectors or resistors, we're going to do best with a love stabilizer because they can handle it. They can handle our craziness. They can handle intimacy and they don't get too spooked by it. So I just wanted to acknowledge that that's why I haven't covered the the lovers or the love stabilizer. Um What I do want to say as we get close to ending the show is that next week we're going to start um, some new discussions. We're going to end with the love styles and we're going to have this amazing guest on. Her name is Terry Lynn Wilkins and she is going to talk to us about cheating and heartbreak and how to trust in relationships again if you have felt hurt, disappointed or heartbroken and feel like you just can't trust anybody. It will be a great show, I promise you. So again, if you want to find out your love style, click on the button, or you can find me at ShellyPumphrey.com. And thanks again, Andrea, for your time here today. It was just a wonderful conversation with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining Destination Love. for making a weekly visit to Destination Love. Please join Shelley Pumphrey again next Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be brave, be you, be loved.